In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear Reverend Fathers, dear teachers, dear students, today it's so easy for us to communicate to one another by the means of the telephone. We can just pick up the phone. It's amazing the phone transmits our voice to someone else, even someone else who may be very far away, to the exact spot where they are, such that they can hear our voice as it's being spoken, perhaps a hundred miles away or even a thousand miles away. Remember when I was living in Australia, calling home. I was on the other side of the world, and I would speak whatever I wanted to say to my mother or my sister, whoever, and they would hear me just a few seconds later on the other side of the world, on the exact spot where they were. But you know, we didn't, we didn't always have this magical ability to transmit our human voice across space so quickly. When we first started to master the power of electricity, so because really by means of electricity that we're able to do this, we first started to master that power of, of electricity we were only able to send two different types of signals over a wire. We would send signals over a wire. And the one signal would be the dash, and the other signal would be the dot. It was just dashes and, and dots. And this was done by means of a device called a telegraph. And there was a man in the middle of the 1800s by the name of Samuel Morse who invented a code um, of dashes and dots that, that would be enable people to translate those dashes and dots coming over the line into uh, a spoken language, into letters and numbers. So he's depending on the series of, of dashes and dots that would indicate a certain letter or a certain number. It's unfortunate that uh, Mr. Morse was a very anti-Catholic man. He was part of the what is the so-called nativist movement in the United States against against Catholics. But be that as it may, he saved many lives through his Morse code. Um, for you may know that, that it was decided that when a ship particularly was in distress, it would send a specific signal over the line. Um, it, it was a signal, dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. And that signified SOS, SOS. Some people said, well, maybe that stands for save our ship. Others were like, well, maybe it stands for save our souls. But it seems like they chose that, that signal just because the letters were so clear over Morse code and you clearly could immediately detect that these people were in distress. Over time, they were able to send these Morse code signals uh, over the airwaves wireless with, without, without using a wire with electric signals, but they were just able to send it through the air. And they invented this new device to do that that they called a wireless. And one of the first ships to be saved by sending an SOS over the wireless was the steamer Kentucky. The steamer Kentucky was heading from New York City to the Pacific, Pacific Ocean on February the 4th, 1910. And it was deemed shipworthy, even though it had problems with leaking. But soon after it left the port, um, it started to take in water. 
And the captain quickly realized that we were in big trouble. And so he sent this SOS signal over the wireless. We're in distress. And shortly after he sent that signal, the water came in and it destroyed the wireless. It destroyed the machine because it was all full of water. But it was enough time for another ship called the Alamo to come and rescue everybody. All 46 passengers, all the 46 crew, were rescued before the Kentucky sinks, to the, unfortunately, to the bottom of the sea. Now, while these technical, technological devices are, are certainly very helpful for us, um, you know that the Catholic Church has had a wireless technology available to it for many, many centuries before we learned to harness the power of electricity. We have a way of sending signals to heaven to ask for help in such a way that, that even our very thoughts are known to people in heaven uh, by means of our prayers. And in the 1800s, there was someone in particular that everybody was sending signals to. And this was Our Lady under the title of Help of Christians. In the early 1800s, there started to be this new devotion, this devotion to Our Lady under a new title, Help of Christians. And she's like the one on the other side of the wireless, and she's like listening and for, for, to receive a signal. She's like, oh, someone send me an SOS signal down there in Watkins. They need some help. Um, they, they are in distress. So our lady's on the other side of the wireless, and we, we, we send up to her her signals so that she can send her help and assistance to us when we are in need. As I'm sure you've heard, and I know I've mentioned myself on this feast day, um, St. John Bosco one time had a dream, a vision, of a ship, precisely of a ship, that was in distress. And this, this ship was uh, being beset by waves, and there was, there was all these smaller ships that were attacking it and shooting against it, and it was, it was trying to get to safety. And it saw off in the distance, it saw two columns in the sea, and one was a much taller column than the other. And the taller column had on top of it the Blessed Sacrament, the Holy Eucharist. And there was a banner hanging down from the, from the column. It said, Salus Credentium, Salus Credentium, Salvation of Believers. Uh, the Holy Eucharist is the salvation of believers. And then there was, there was a smaller column to, to the left of that, of that other column. And it had Our Lady on top of it. Our Lady, and there was also a banner hanging down from the column, and this banner said, Auxilium Christianorum, help of the Christians. And the, this vision that Saint, Saint John, the saint had, Saint John Bosco had, it confirms for us, it says to us that yes, it is Our Lady who is the one receiving the SOS signals that we are sending from this earth to heaven. She's listening for our SOS signals as we're trying to steer through our life in the right direction. And we're being beset by temptations and things that might wreck our life, and destroy our souls. But in this vision, of course, the admiral who was at the steering wheel in the ship was the Pope. 
You know how the fathers of the church, they've often compared the church to a ship because of the fact that Noah's Ark, you know that Noah's Ark saved some uh, the eight people from death. Um, so everybody got on the ship and they were safe on the ship, but they were not safe anywhere else. And the church is like that. When you, when you enter the church, when you're in the bark of Peter, the bar, uh, sometimes a ship is called a bark, but when you're, when you're in the ship of the church, you are safe from the world, the flesh and the devil. You're able to steer yourself towards the safe harbor of heaven. So the church is compared to a ship and the Pope is the captain of the ship. He's the one who's steering the ship. He's the one who's direct, trying to direct the ship towards safety. And there was one particular pope in the 19th century, in the, in the 1800s, in the early 1800s, when this devotion to Our Lady Help of Christians was really growing in the church. So there was a particular pope who was having a really difficult time of driving the ship of the church and directing the ship of the church in the right way. He was being beset from all sides, from many enemies who were attacking the church. He was being attacked especially by a little man, a little short man, who was very powerful. Napoleon Bonaparte, one of the best generals in the history of the world. And Napoleon loved power, and he wanted all power including the power of the Pope. He really wanted to have the power of the Pope for himself. And so he decided to send his army to Rome and capture the Pope and take the Pope back to France and put the Pope in prison. So Napoleon Bonaparte put Pius VII, Pope Pius VII, in prison. And he thought, since I'm such a great general, I should have all the power in the world, and no one's going to be able to stop me, not even the Catholic Church. I will even be able to take the power of the Catholic Church for myself, something that no one has ever been able to do in the history of the world. I am going to do because I am great, I am fantastic, because I am Napoleon Bonaparte. That's what he was saying to himself, thinking that he was really fantastic and unstoppable. What Napoleon, however, did not realize is that Pope Pius VII had been sending SOS signals to heaven, to Our Lady Help of Christians. The Pope had someone on his side that was so much more powerful than this short Frenchman was, even if he was a great general. He had Our Lady Help of Christians, Pope Pius VII, he prayed long and often during, to the Mother of God during the time of his captivity when he was in Fontainebleau. And he was just, it wasn't, it wasn't like a jail, but, but it was, it was, he was like sort of under house arrest. And he had a lot of time on his hands. And he prayed so much to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And one of the things he did is he made a promise to Our Lady. One of the things he sent, one of those signals he sent up to her was he said, Dear lady, dear mother, dear help of Christians, if you assist me and you get me out of this big problem that I'm in and you restore me to Rome, I will do something to honor you. I will institute a new feast in your honor. I will start the feast of Our Lady Help of Christians. One day, Napoleon 
was upset. He got upset an awful lot. But one day when he was upset that the Pope was not surrendering to him, the Pope was not willing to give in. So he sent him an angry letter. And he said to the Pope, you have to resign the papacy. You have to give up your power. You have to let me do make all the decisions for the Catholic Church in France. And he sent his minister, Chabrol. So Chabrol went into the Pope's apartment, and he presented him this letter, this very angry letter from Napoleon. And he said to the Pope, he's like, your holiness, it's, uh, it's uh, no, there's no chance for you. Uh, you. You have to resign the papacy. And this poor Pope, Pope Pius VII, he said to Chabot, in the midst of all this pressure, he said, Jamais, I will never, I will never surrender the papacy. He had a strength that was greater than human strength. It was the strength of Our Lady. So as the Pope stayed in prison year after year praying, Napoleon started to suffer more and more defeats in his battles, and the countries that were helping Napoleon, Napoleon started to pull away from him. And finally, after almost five years in prison, uh, Pope Pius VII was released. And he made his journey back to Rome. And as he was going to Rome, he stopped in many of these Italian cities. And in each city, there was a statue of Our Lady. And he would go up to the statue of Our Lady, the Pope. Imagine the Pope visiting your town. And he would crown these statues of Our Lady all the way back because he saw clearly that if he was delivered from this horrible tyrant, it was definitely because of Our Lady help of Christians. And when, after Napoleon was finally defeated in the Battle of Waterloo, the Pope fulfilled his promise to Our Lady, and he did what he said he was going to do, and he instituted the feast of Our Lady help of Christians on May 24th. And that's why we have this feast to this day. So my dear children, we, we ourselves, we have to get in the habit as Catholics of sending our SOS signals to Our Lady Help of Christians. We have to go to her with the things that trouble us in our lives. Perhaps your troubles are not that great. Perhaps you're worried about passing your exam tomorrow. Or one of your friends is upset at you or you have a stressful situation at home, one of the high school students has a stressful situation at work. These are troubles. They're perhaps not huge troubles. But the point is that, that we must go to Our Lady with any trouble. We must get in the habit of going to Our Lady with any difficulty that we have. Whether they're big, whether they're small, we must ask her because she is the help of all Christians. We send, we send our SOS to Our Lady, and here at our, our, Lady, our Lady Help of Christians Academy, we have both those pillars to assist us in steering our ship through this life. We have the pillar of the Blessed Sacrament. When we, we come to daily Mass, receive our Lord in Holy Communion, which greatly strengthens us in all of our difficulties in, in going to, to our eternal destiny, getting to the safe harbor. And we have Our Lady. We have Our Lady help of Christians to assist us in all the troubles that we may have. The important thing is, is, that, is that you have this great confidence in her. Um, we look at the things that Our Lady has done. We look how she, she helped Pope Pius VII. 
We looked at how many people she's helped all over the world. We think about the many people she's cured from the sicknesses by working miracles for them. And we have confidence. We think, oh, she's going to listen to me. If I send my SOS signals to Our Lady in heaven, she will hear me. She will care about me. She will assist me to get through all of the difficulties, whatever I need. So the important thing is that you have that confidence. And you know, as I, as I say, St. John Bosco had a very great, he was another one who had a very great devotion to Our Lady Help of Christians. And I just want to, to show you um, how, even though he was, he was such a great priest, and he was so competent, and he was so capable, and we think maybe he didn't need any help, but he didn't think that way. Even if he, after he was an adult, and he was, he was running so many um, schools and, and enterprises and being so successful, he did not think to himself, I don't need the help of Our Lady. No. He went to Our Lady and he prayed to her in a very childlike way. So I just want to leave you with a prayer that St. John Bosco composed that shows us the sort of dispositions we should have, that when we pray to Our Lady, we should truly pray to her as her children. Here's his prayer. Most Holy Virgin Mary, help of Christians, how sweet it is to come to your feet, imploring your perpetual help. If earthly mothers do not cease to remember their children, how can you, the most loving of all mothers, forget me? Grant then to me, I implore you, your perpetual help in all my necessities, in every sorrow, and especially in all my temptations. I ask for your unceasing help for all who are now suffering. Help the weak, Cure the sick, convert sinners. Grant through your intercession many vocations to the religious life. Obtain for us, O Mary, help of Christians, that having invoked you on earth, we may love and eternally thank you in heaven. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.